On this bonus episode of the podcast, we go into depth on last Monday's Premier League match between Arsenal and Aston Villa and what is happening with the London club. Also, fantasy football, we slag off Scottish football again and football pundits. Yes, sit back, relax, crack open a cold one and welcome to Four Manks, One Toffee, Extra Time. That's what I need to see every day. I'm surprised that Collins hasn't done that yet. Foster the dog. Hey, here we go. Right, while we're on the topic of golf a little bit. That is fucking outstanding, that. What is, what is the hardest thing to achieve out of the three? I think we've talked about it before. Hole in one, 147 in snooker, or a nine darter. What's hardest? Can't give a fuck. Can't give a fuck. Oh, no, I think it's... I think one four seven. Now, I, if I'm picking one, it's a one four seven. Yeah, I think it's one four seven. Mate, I I just find it hard hitting a fucking straight shot in golf, mate. To be honest, so <laughs> find it hard hitting a straight shot in snooker. Oh yeah. Do you know when um, I was going to say a minute ago we were talking about things that are good? Do you know what else is good? During the break, Dale decides to send this message to the group, <laughs> and I quote: "Liverpool and City not at their best. Liverpool one point off top." If City win their game in hand, they're free off top. Not bad going for teams not performing their best. Still hate both of them. Twats. <laughs> <laughs> Just so aggressive. <laughs> I respect it. You go, respect it. Do you know what? All right, I... boys, we've got one one more game to round off our our table of predictions. Oh, by the way, none of us got the uh, Liverpool City game right at all. Um. Arsenal versus Villa. Now, we had some wild predictions here. Uh, Chris, she went 3-1 Villa. Uh, I went for a boring 0-0 because I could see them both cancel each other out. Lee went for an optimistic 2-2. Well, here we go. Drum roll. Drum <laughs> roll. <laughs> Dale, you went for 3-0, mate. <laughs> to who? To the Arsenal. Yeah. I love darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Hang on. Incoming Aubameyang back to form. <laughs> I tell you what, though. It probably could have been more. Yeah. Aston Villa, I'm not even pinning this on Arsenal being shit. I'm putting this Aston Villa. They were fucking brilliant. Now, we'll talk about, v- oh, sorry to say, we'll talk about VR in a minute. That first goal, I'm sorry, should have stood. He's not obstructing the keeper's view, and the keeper is never, ever getting to that shot. You can get fucked. But Grealish and Barkley took the absolute piss out of that defence. Exhibition game. Oh, it was. It was like watching training. Yeah, he just, it was just the way he stood there for a good five seconds with the ball at his feet, and no one went for him. He it just let, waited for the defender to run in. I was. <laughs> no, sorry. What's he doing? That wasn't even the worst defending in the game. What the hell was Tierney doing when he was running to touchline and then oh. seemingly get possessed? <laughs> Just that fell over good. himself. Right, fucking skanky leg, wasn't it? Have you seen that TikTok video where it's on that voiceover? That guy going, "Oh no, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear, 
Yeah, they um, we'll rip we'll rip into Arsenal in a second, but rip into what? <laughs> Sorry, you heard me. <laughs> um, Aston Villa lads, what brilliant turnaround! Brilliant turnaround from considering they nearly got relegated by an offside, not an offside, a goal that crossed the line but didn't cross the line. Yeah. Like, it's mad. They're, and the, the mad thing is, they're sixth on 15 points. They've got a game in hand. If they win yeah. the game in hand, they're joint, on, they're joint top. Yeah. What? See, I was going to lead into this with talking to title contenders, but I couldn't bring myself just to put that there. Um, we spoke about James Rodriguez being potentially sign of the season. Are we looking at another two in Emi Martinez and Ross Barkley? Yeah. Oh, Ma- Martinez Probably must walking. be laughing. You know, that, the move he's made, yeah. he must be looking, looking back at that now and going, without a shadow of doubt, the best decision he's made. Well, what you what did you see the stat that came out the other day? That Martinez has kept more clean sheets at the Emirates this season than Bert Leno has. <laughs> <That's cool>. <laughs> <laughs> Many clean sheets if you had that absolute dog dirt in front of you. That is, well, that- yeah, <laughs> it they, I mean, Martinez, you said it, Josh, and I, I frowned when you said it that he probably should have taken Leno's place, that you thought he was a better keeper. And I, I rate Leno quite highly, actually, but I keep thinking of the Leno that I was watching the Bundesliga. I know me and my brother spent a long time watching Bundesliga a good few years ago, and Leno was always one of the standouts, but. Doesn't seem to have quite hit it like he did over there, but Martinez is fucking brilliant. What a keeper! Yeah, he is class. He's got his moment yeah. in the limelight, hasn't he? And he just took it with both hands, <laughs> even more so now. He's got himself a number one spot, and he's no, flourishing. Flourishing. How old no. is he? He's like thirty-five, isn't he? Or something stupid like that. Isn't he? No. It's twenty-eight. Fuck off, he's 28. He's 28. He is hitting his prime. Aston Villa are hitting a prime fucking goalkeeper. 28? What did he get him for? 20 million, was it? 20 million or something. Going to turn out to be a bargain, that, isn't it? But looking at the signings they've made as well, Matty Cash looks brilliant at right back. He he looked good at Forest last season. Um, Yeah. um, So he's brilliant. I think Tyro Mings and Konza... I think you can tell that John Terry has been helping them out. Yeah. I really do. I think they are brilliant. Matt Target was always good at Southampton. He just had a real issue trying to dislodge um, Ryan Bertrand. you got two good left-backs there. Douglas Luiz is a starting holding midfielder for Brazil at the moment. So that, that is mad. That is mental. Like for um, Yeah. John McGinn who we said last season was probably the reason why Aston Villa were where they were because of his injury. I yeah, think if he yeah. you think if he was fit all season, they would have been better. He's Trezeguet, our unsung hero. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Trezeguet, we all know he's got talent. We all know he's got something in him. Barkley, fucking sensational. He's so good. Yeah. His resurgence has been outstanding. Ollie Watkins has come from the championship, like we said, and he's absolutely smashed in it. And Gareth Southgate's favourite player, Jack fucking Grealish. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? What a team they've got. Like, <laughs> but my then, brother, 
My brother absolutely despised Jack Grealish last season and didn't understand the hype at all. And he texted me the day, he was like, you know what? Turning a corner. Like, I'm, I'm starting. It's just... He's, he's brilliant. He's yeah, fucking he's, amazing. He's so good. It, we, I don't know why United haven't bought him yet. <laughs> well, if they got it really, if they'd have got relegated, we'd have bought him. But yeah. I mean, we couldn't buy him now. Who does he replace? How much do we have to pay? Hundred million. His, his price has gone up from what was considered seventy eighty to easily over a hundred now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think they'll want to get rid of him now that he's clicking with Barkley. They'll they'll pump the price up. That I don't is, think he's worth anything near that, personally. I think he's probably... I thought 70 was was pushing it with him last year. I think he's probably worth that now. But I know Villa won't want to get rid of him because of the way that the team's yeah, clipped. He's worth that too, Villa, isn't he? Over 100 million. Yeah, it's yeah. the English factor, isn't it? If he, yeah. if he wasn't English, then we wouldn't be talking about this kind of figure. Yeah. But it's the fact that he is English, and that's why we're talking about it. But Ask me, the the season, Ask me for his value at the end of the year. We're eight games in yet. I yeah. know they're doing well. Well, that's seven games in for them. But uh, one thing I want to talk about when we were talking about like going through the squad, Tyrone Mings. Now, I, I rate him. I think he's a great player. Is he good enough for England? You're yes. saying he's working with Yes. yes. Yeah. 27 years old now. So he's another player that's going to be hitting his peak roundabouts now, really. And I think that's showing. I think he looks steady, very steady. Really good yeah. player. I think he's more than good enough for England. Yeah. Southgate likes to play seven defenders and about four right backs as well, so he's got every chance of actually making the team. No, he's not because he's left footed, mate. He's got no chance. He don't like left footers. Yeah. No. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see how Villa uh, will fare if they got a couple of injuries to that start of the level. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. They've not yeah. got how, how, how strong is their bench? Um, great. You know, I'm not, I'm not specifically saying Grealish or anyone like that, but you know, if they like we like we've like we've seen with Everton a little bit, where they've, they've lost a couple of key players in positions. If, if Villa were to do the same, how much of a, an effect would that have then um, on the rest of the squad and, and, and the results yeah, as well? Right. I'd be interested to see how that how, how that would sort of pan out. Well, you like, saw it with McGinn, didn't you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think with Villa, I think the pressure's off for them this season. Like the good start that they've had, I don't think anyone's considering relegation candidates at all. Nor is anyone expecting them to break the top six. So the pressure is really off them this season to just go out there and play some nice football, let this partnership of, with Grealish, Barkley and Watkins really like blossom. And yeah. like, I'm not expecting them to finish even top 10. Comfortable 12 13 flat. There's no way they're in a relegation scrap. They've still got like they've got Tom Heaton to come back, who's going to put some pressure on Martinez, which will make for a really good goal giving battle. They've got Bertrand Traore to come back in, who they signed from Leon. They've got Wesley to come back. I mean, Wesley wasn't great, but comparing him to Joel in turn, yeah. he's had a long, long injury though, hasn't he? He's had a very long injury, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Conor um, Horahan, who always looks good. Yeah. They've got a good squad. I think the sound. Yeah. But the, the, the one we really want to talk about, boys, is Arsenal. Right. Told you all. I told you. United were awful. 
a couple of weeks ago. And that is why Arsenal beat us. And it took a penalty. And if they didn't get the penalty, they weren't scoring. Yeah. Well, you look at, you look at the game, they've, they've scored nine Premier League goals in eight games. I mean, they've been, I think they've been banging them in the Europa League, but, you know, they're playing like Dundalk City, for Christ's sake. I mean, anyone can <laughs> score four or five. Harry Maguire has had more shots on target yeah. this season than Aubameyang and Lacazette. Is that true? Is that real? I saw that start today. I'm pretty sure it was either shots attempted or shots on target. Yeah, it was one of them too. Yeah, I, I, no, I think I saw that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's be honest. Lee, you touched on it earlier, and I spoke about it a long time ago. You've got Aubameyang, who is one of the best finishers we've seen for a long time. He's done it in multiple countries. And they play him, they force him left wing. I said it against the City game, he even started Willian up front and still kept Aubameyang out wide. Um, I, I saw an incredible stat, actually. Let me get this one up for you, boys, because this is outstanding. A comparison between Arteta and Emery's first 28 games at Arsenal. Now, Emery was seen as the absolute devil at Arsenal, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Arteta, 1.46 goals a game. Emery, 2.14. Goals conceded. 1.1 for Arteta and 1.36 for Emery. Fair enough. Points, 1.6 for Arteta, 2 for Emery. Now, and I also saw a video on Talks... No, it wasn't Talks, so it was Five Live, um, where someone rang in Savage saying, you know, it's time for Arteta to go. He was a big risk and it hasn't worked out. And they were laughing about it. I saw that. I don't know what there is to laugh about there because... I don't know if this gamble's working for Arsenal. Well, if you think about it, United was, and, and Solskjaer is supposedly under pressure. If we win our game in hand, we're a point above Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal have won four, lost four. You can't get much more erratic form than that. I, I can't remember who said it on this podcast. It was either Dale or Josh. I think you said about the silverware that Arteta's won. Yeah. Been winning the FA Cup and the Community Shield, and that is what's saving him for the moment. But if this form and take out the form performances continue, they're in, they're in muck again. I mean, they finished, what, 11th, 12th last season? Yeah. Like, oh, sh- I mean, have, you, have, you, have you seen the next three fixtures? I was just going to say. No, I've not Leaves seen it. away. Wolves at home. Burnley at home. Tottenham away. And then, uh, yeah, Burnley at home. Where's wait? I mean, that's, when's Wolves at home? It says that's to be confirmed here. I've got the twenty eighth of November. Oh, yeah, pro- yeah, might be on, on the Premier League website. It says that that's to be confirmed. The next four, next three are Leeds, Burnley, and Everton, and then they've got Chelsea Boxing Day. Are you sure it doesn't say manager for Arsenal to be confirmed or? <laughs> He's in trouble, Arteta. He is in trouble. You know what, though? They'll, they'll pull out a result against Leeds. Yeah, they'll do a United. They've got a spanner in the works because of this erratic form that they've got. You watch them pull a result. I'll, I'll, I'll put my neck on the line and I'll call it. But is that, is that not going to be Leeds beating themselves again? Because yeah. I, I could see Arsenal winning that, but no, through no 
praise of Arsenal. I could see that being Leeds losing because of who Leeds are. It'd be 5-4 or something stupid like that. Yeah. Do you think Arsenal fans will care? Like, obviously, they're not quite... They're not happy with the form at the moment, but they're not so unhappy that they're ready to, to cut the losses with Arteta just yet. Because, as, as you said, and as we've said in the past, I think they're still skating on that, or he's riding his lookout on those bits of silverware still. They're probably starting to pick up on it now that he's, he, he is at a risk that they've taken. Yeah. It's, it's not quite working out, as we said. But I do think that they'll just they'll they'll get a, a sly little result against somebody you wouldn't expect them to win, and then all of a sudden it's forgotten. The, Chelsea, thing, the thing about Teta is it's it's still very very early days. Yeah, I, I think with with the suspension of the league last season, I think last season feels a lot longer than it actually was. Like like that stat said there, first twenty eight games, he's only been in charge for twenty eight games. That's not even a full season. Like it's still very very early days. Oli Solskjaer has been in charge for 100 games. Yeah. Like that is, it's a big difference to be comparing the two. But I do think that if he's not careful, he could be looking at a, um, he could be looking at a P45. I think Arsenal missed their golden opportunity, manager-wise, when they decided not to bring in Rodgers. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers would have been a great appointment for them. Because like he was winning everything in Scotland. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> have you got a, why have you got a rumour, mate? Like, I don't want to talk about Celtic or fucking Rangers, man. Do you know, do you know someone, some, I can't remember who it was the other day, but someone linked Gerard to the United manager. Oh. Oh, stop that. No. That would never, ever happen. No. He's going to Liverpool and that's it. And wow. that'll be the ultimate decline. Yeah. You shouldn't even go to Liverpool. Like, what, what on my list of... Steven Gerrard, yeah, he's sat in front of you. What's your list of achievements, Steven, that you're going to bring into this Liverpool job? Um, one of me players scored a goal from the halfway line once. That's, <laughs> a, that's all you've done. It was a fantastic goal. Don't get me wrong. And it, it was in a legitimate competition as well. It was Europa League. It wasn't the Scottish Premier League, which makes it even better. But he's not done anything. Like, he can't take a fucking job in Scotland seriously. And I know we've got Scottish people on our Twitter. I apologise. I'm calling a spade a spade. Right? And I say it about United as well. I love United, but I slag United off to the ground when there's things to be said as well. Scottish Premier League, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Question. <laughs> if, if they win the league... If if Rangers win the league over Celtic, can he be praised for that? The Celtic yeah. have won it like for the last ten years. Like, m never mind footballing ability wise. Mentally, that Rangers football club must be going through turmoil trying to figure out how they can knock Celtic off. Yeah, and if he's coming and done it, like that's got to be praised, surely. It's a it's a bit of a mixed bag though because Rangers have never been. For the last decade in a situation where they could seriously challenge Celtic this is the first season where they're in a they're, they're in a situation they've got a squad capable enough of challenging them now does that speak volumes for Rangers or does that show you how fucking poor Celtic are it's a bit do you know what I mean do you know what I will say for Rangers though and, and, and here's where I will defend Gerard. 
they're not bad in Europe. And and that's the real that's the real stick for me to measure off for Scottish football. <laughs> Dale's just sent a, a message to the chat. <laughs> Scottish football, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's been three minutes too long on this again. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Let, let, let's move away. Let's move away from that. And I want to. I want to quickly touch upon uh, everyone's favourite topic, uh, VAR, because we've had once again a weekend of absolutely horrific decisions. And the one I want to focus on in particular is the Patrick Bamford disallowed goal for offside. Uh, at what point? Do we? I mean, Chris, me and you have been very vocal and argumentative about VAR, its application, the people using it, the rule book, the fucking monkeys in Stockley Park, like everything. And there was even a point where it was in the City Liverpool game where you actually saw a video of inside Stockley Park of one of the referees motioning body movement and he was shaking his head as in like they've advised the wrong decision. At what point does VAR get a total rework? Because that Bamford one and the two handballs, not necessarily the one against Liverpool, because I think that ball from De Bruyne travelled very far. Um, his hand was away from his body. His hand was away from his body and it travelled far. But the one in the Wolves game where the ball travelled a couple of metres was outrageous. But the, the offside against Bamford, fuck me, fire. If you, if you can't even point to where you want the ball to go and risk being offside, Jesus Christ. It's ruining the game. It's just ruining it. I think everyone has had a, Even the most staunch advocates of VAR coming in are all now turning around and saying, mm, nah, you know, maybe we fucked up with this. It's just a, a, the application of it is awful. And I really don't know what is happening because surely someone along the command chain from Stockley Park all the way to the referee has had a look at that Bamford one back and thought, oh, we cannot give offside for this. We can't give offside for this. But they've done it anyway. The Dyer one, handball is another contentious one. Dyer early in the season, that is still the worst one for me. How on earth when you're not looking at the ball and you're jumping up for a header and you've got your arm in the air naturally and it hits your arm, what the fuck can you do about that? The worst part of the Dyer one is that Dyer one caused a rule change for them to go back to the rules that we used last season and yet we still, still saw the one from Leicester against Wolves, like, <laughs> Josh, VAR, really, I'm out. <laughs> Down to free. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that, like, because we didn't talk about it during the game um, review with Leeds and Palace. Like, that, that offside is just outrageous. Yeah. Well, should we talk about VAR in Scottish football? <laughs> no, because there isn't any. <laughs> So Dale and Josh then both go. Don't make me quit. They don't have it, do they? No, I don't think they do it, because I don't think the stadiums are fit for it. No. <laughs> Dale's actually gone. <laughs> what? How's he gone back, has he? <laughs> <laughs> um, why would they have VAR in Scottish football? People don't even want to watch it on the TV up there. Why do the referees want to watch anything back? 
can't argue with that one, really. That's my point on it. My, my slating on Scottish football used to be funny. It's not even funny anymore. I just feel sad for them. <laughs> it, it's gone, gone all, like really downhill since the glory days of your Henrik Larson. Oh, United legends. You know, you're... Henrik Larson has a Premier League winner's medal and Steven Gerrard doesn't. Unlucky. Jinji Nakamura. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, we want to finish off dead quick because um, we've been chatting for a while. International break this weekend. Instead, what are we doing? I know exactly what we're doing. Well, I know what two of you are doing anyway. Celebrating yield birthdays. Yes, we are. Getting absolutely obliterated in my living room. <laughs> Fantastic. I might come and, Josh, I might come and get in a tent in your back garden. That'll sit in your, your garden through the window. <laughs> yeah. Through, <laughs> see through window, just waving at each other like drinking a can. <laughs> we'll set up a Zoom and then we'll sit in the back garden. Do you know what the mental thing is? I'm not, I'm in Wales, I'm not in lockdown anymore, but because you four comes are in England, they can't fucking see you anyway. <laughs> yeah, but who's going to know? Who's going to know what? <laughs> Who's going to know? Well, uh, going to know now. And the whole <laughs> Do you not remember when we spoke about the start of the podcast? We were big time now. You've ruined everything. <laughs> no, for, we, for um, disclaimer's purposes, we're not going to go against lockdown. I'm going to be very much locked in my own house, on the sofa, on my birthday, crying. <laughs> Talking about lockdown, should we lock down the fact that in the prediction results... Um, Oh yeah, we didn't actually get to the final table. Where we where we standing? Yeah, Josh is on zero. Thanks. Oh, surprising. <laughs> Danny's on six. Darley is on six. Yes, Lee. Lee is on six. <laughs> and thanks to me back in Leicester and Villa, I'm on eight. Fuck you all. Stop the camp. Can I just <laughs> look on? I know you're a week ahead of me. Because I didn't put in my predictions, and once again I apologise. But if your fantasy football is anything to go by, I'll catch you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we we will finish on the uh, we will finish on the all fantasy football front. It was a. Um, do you know what? Right, we've said about like this weekend being strange. It's been a strange fucking season, hasn't it? Like <laughs> nothing's going right for anyone. Um, but. Babs, you have moved into second, my friend. Uh, Tom Walker has reclaimed his top spot. Uh, Norman has gone down into third. Josh, you're still in fifth. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good week this week. I, I was happy with my points. You had a great week, 74 points, yeah. I did use my free hit, though. So, you know, it's all to go downhill from here. Lee, you closed the gap on Collins by an absolute uh, zero points because you both had 69 points this weekend. Fuck's sake. Still a good points no, Better than me. I got 62. I'm but 16. I didn't move. I didn't move from 10th. So, you know, I'll take it. I thought I absolutely smashed it this week when I locked my points. I saw 69 and I was like, yes, I have closed the gap there. And then I saw every single person above me pretty much got 70 and above. And I was just like, Bollocks to it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at that triple captain like I need to deploy it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> but getting it right in it. 
Yeah, mm. I, I had I had an unreal one a couple of years ago where I think it was the first season they brought it in, and I put it on Aguero when mm. he scored five against Newcastle. Oh, oh. <laughs> unreal scenes. I, I don't think I've ever used it well. I nearly did it on Kane this week, thinking West Brom, he's got to get a hat-trick, at, you know, at least a brace. And I know he got one, but like that was disappointing for me. I thought he was getting a few this weekend. You, you need to play against anyone that's playing against Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this is the Premier League. Like, you know, who, who's triple captain in Ollie Watkins against Liverpool? No, Exactly. <laughs> You're not even thinking. You're thinking Liverpool are going to absolutely slaughter Villa in that game, and then Watkins goes get a hat trick. And someone out there would have triple captain Ollie Watkins. Yeah, they would have done it. Yeah, you just know it, don't you? It's like Every single time. this week has got 133 points. Fabianski, 15 points for a keeper. 15 points. Danny, Danny, you know you said uh, triple captain anybody that's playing Fulham. It's Everton. Yeah. Don't do it. Calvert <laughs> 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 yeah, Lewin. Nah. A, re- a return in Richarlison, mate. Uh-oh. Mate, he's going to make all the difference. I'm telling you. Talking of Richarlison, I saw a picture on Instagram in that new Brazil kit the other day. Nice. Very clean. Nice. Very clean. I think they've gone back to like a, an 80s kit with that. It's, mm. it's really nice. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't buy it because, you know, I'm getting old, but Nice. <laughs> yeah, if my if my team on Sunday wore yellow, I'd be all over it. But we're white. <laughs> it's the thing about football tops. Like once you get to a certain age, you can't really wear them anymore, can you? Well, see, I'm I'm in this problem now because like because Ryan's working at classic football shirts, and he gets fifty percent discount. Ooh. And he yeah, and he's sending me all this nice stuff that's coming through, and he's like, "That's a tenner. <laughs> that's that's fifteen And I'm like, oh. I could just like have this mad collection and I'm just envisaging this room in my house when I eventually move out of just all these sick football shirts just like framed. Why have we not got a partnership with these where we wear one on the podcast every week? Like we all, we've all got to get one and you know. Right, let me send a message. (laughs) He was actually telling me a brilliant story. This would be real good to finish on um, about Ian Wright um, with them where they, I think they had a sto- he had a storage unit where he had, he held his um you know his first ever golden boot, oh yeah, uh, for prem top scorer and his wife forgot to repay it so we lost it, and they put it up for auction. Some guy bought the storage unit and then tried to sell back the boot to Ian Wright for like an extortionate amount, and Classic Football Shirts actually bought that boot off this guy that was trying to flog it and gave it back to Ian Wright as like a goodwill gesture. Oh, that's cool, like that. Yeah. Shame. Shame on the guy that bought the unit and tried yeah, sand. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then, like, as a, like a return, like, they said to him, you know, we'll give you the boot back and, like, come up and see the factory and stuff and come and see the shop. And, like, apparently he was walking around in just, like, pure awe of everything they've got. And it just, like, mm-hmm. you can you can see it with Ian Wright as well. Because even the stuff he does with the women's game, I don't think he cares what football it is, Ian Wright. The guy just lives and breathes for it, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 He loves footballing. Even like even the stories and stuff that he tells are brilliant. Like the first time he met Roy Keane and he was he was supposed to be going for dinner with Roy Keane, he was two minutes late and shit like that. Like yeah. he's, <laughs> he's just he's class, isn't he? Yeah. Spe- speaking of Roy Keane, we'll end on this. 
we don't deserve Roy Keane and Micah Richards and that oh, beautiful, wow. beautiful bromance <laughs> that they yeah, have provided. Roy and Jamie Carragher and then Roy Keane and Micah Richards. They are two <laughs> partnerships I never, ever thought I'd love to see. Who knew that Michael Richards' laugh was so funny as well? It's so yeah, it's classic. Also, who who knew that Michael Richards would be such a good pundit? Mm. Oh. Yeah, he's a breath of fresh air, man. Yeah, absolutely. I I hated it when he first came in, and everyone was saying, "Oh, he's there to fill the quota." Yeah. In inverted commas, fuck off. The guy has an unbelievable brain. Yeah, <laughs> fill the quota of what top class pundits that Sky needs to. Carry on providing a high quality service. Shouldn't be on TV. Alex Scott knows more than most of the male pundits. Yeah, she's class. When she, <laughs> when she, <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna call Spade and Spade, she is tidy. <laughs> I, I was gonna mention Graham Sooness then, but I can't follow on. She's fit with Graham Sooness. It just doesn't fit in the same sentence, really, does it? Thing is, so when when you when we're talking about pundits like Alex Scott and Micah Richards, they're genuinely brilliant at what they do. But then you've got Graham Sooners who just sits and fucking whinges about Paul Pogba every week. So Paul Merson. Oh Christ, he doesn't know what fucking day it is. Great player though, unbelievable player back in the day. The, the best example of a fantastic footballer and a shite pundit, Matt Letizia. Oh, he's a knobhead. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely. Fucking <laughs> not bad. And on the flip side, he's an ugly bastard as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I will admit, the stuff that Paddy Power are doing is fantastic with them lot at the moment. <laughs> oh, right. Anything Paddy Power touches, though, is gold. Yeah. He was He was an absolute fucking play. He was a baller in Malatis, yeah. He had his free kit record broken recently, though. Most free kit scored. Yeah. For Southampton by Ward Browse. Twelve and a half percent conversion rate Ward Browse on free kicks. Doesn't sound like a lot of that, does it? But it's pretty good free kicks, isn't it? Yeah. Think of how many free kicks you probably you probably get like what? One, maybe two free kicks a game. Yeah. In the Premier League, that's seventy six. Say you get seventy five free kicks a season and you've got an eighth pretty much conversion rate on that. That's not bad, that is it. That's pretty much what, eight or nine. Yeah. Pretty good return that. And the thing is with Ward Prowse as well is he's actually he's actually becoming a top footballer. He's actually becoming a very, very good footballer. Although it is hilarious. We will finish on this actually. It's hilarious that he's dropped out of the England squad with a mysterious hamstring injury and Birmingham City legend Jude Bellingham has been called up. That that's what's even that's what's even better. That Gareth Southgate is sat there and gone, Oh, Ward Prowse is out. I might have to play Jack Grealish. Someone call nah. Bellingham. <laughs> He's fucking mad, isn't it? What's he doing? It'd have been better up calling up Dale Barber. <laughs> yep. Spray <laughs> impasses in the midfield. I'd like to see that. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I don't know what he'd use or whether he'd try and pick up the ball and throw it or whether he'd get all his fucking chipper and just like just chip him into people yeah use that left foot as an iron iron <laughs> I've seen I've seen Dale play five aside he's a right nippy bastard don't underestimate I can imagine Dale being a right cunt to play against you know <laughs> yeah proper sort of like, like yeah, a... they'll, 
those were the days where I've, I've retired now. Retired. <laughs> we need we we need to sort something out. We need to find another podcast that we can have a five-side match against. Oh, that'd be well funny. <gasps> Do it against late night reds. That'd be well funny. Book out like chess the um the football pitches, the four yeah. G ones. We'll do it. I'll, I'll get in contact with uh, Late Night Reds. I'm shit, you know by what? the way. So don't expect anything from me. Let me just set the stall out here. I'm going to do it. Late Night Reds. I'm playing fullback and I'm snapping you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure What's Daniel that? will be playing defence as well. <laughs> well, we're all defenders, though. That's the problem. I, I, I'll I, get target, man. Five and six aside, mate. I'm a forward, right? <laughs> I'm banging. Janak, I don't care how good you are in that, mate. I'm fucking slotting past you. I go midfield, <laughs> spraying balls in. I have a few long-range efforts. Right. Was that a, a clearance or a pass? Both. Don't matter. Don't, <laughs> I won't know, but something will happen. <laughs> and it'll happen. Yeah, super chip. Yeah, super well, chip. <laughs> well, it's, I can't be doing this. I'm a mad bastard. Me, I slide tackle on turf. Yeah. That's a fucking mad eye. Oh, end up with carpet burn, you're mad. Wear metal studs as well. <laughs> Sharpen. Get the file out. As someone, <laughs> both, as someone has appeared on both podcasts, I apologise now to all the boys at Late Night Reds if Chris decides to break any of your legs nah, with metal sorry, fucking no. studs. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at 4Manx1Toffee on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4Manx1Toffee. Thanks from myself, Lee, Danny, Dale and Josh, and we'll catch you next time.